Love black queens with introspective. See the world from a dope perspective. Type that's real heavy on the intellect. Always light on the disrespect. Conversation that keep you engaged. Free speech against the minds of a saving. They can't be the only ones. Now they can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Miss Gale and be your lovely host. To hear the show that you ain't alone. Can't be the only ones. No, we can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. podcast we can't be the only ones Woo-hoo! and i'm the delectable delicious darling gail oh, okay are no. you on the menu <laughs> i could be <laughs> uh, i am your irritable bee i'm on my cycle and because- i'm sure they wanted to know that <laughs> Hello, we already talked. We had a taboo episode a while ago. I don't care. <laughs> they know we talk about stuff like this. I'm on my cycle, so I'm kind of irritable. But I will say I did take a few naps today, and I had, like, peanut butter Snickers, which is so good. But, um, oh, okay. I've been resting today because I wasn't able to rest yesterday, and it was horrible. Well, then the scent that I put up with the oils might must have helped you, too. I have put some honeysuckle yeah. and coconut vanilla yeah, and tuberose up. Oh, I, yeah, I used the tuberose with two others. They're very calming and yeah. relaxing. So I had a good nap. I had a good nap. So I'm here. You're welcome, people. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, thank you. And thank you for tuning in. So glad that you're all here listening. Yes, we are. Yes, and okay, I don't have my calendar with me. I don't have anything written down. Who's doing what? Okay. So I know it's your topic, so that means I go first with the gratitude? No. Oh, never get this right. Yes, okay. Oh, but I have the health tip. The That tip. That's you guys mine. look forward to that. Okay. <laughs> Woohoo! I got that because I wrote it down from last week. I'm ready. All right. So, with beginning with today's moment of gratitude... I am grateful for heating wraps because I'm on my cycle and it just is such a nice thing to put something hot on your back that kind of relaxes the muscle and takes away a bit of the pain that I am feeling as I speak to you all right now. Oh, okay. So, is that the same thing, like pe- sticky things that people put on for back pain? Yeah, but this one has like the inserts. Okay. So you can like put it there and it lasts for like 20 hours. I should be fine by tomorrow, but it's such a good thing to kind of like have. Because my, my, um, my cramps normally aren't like some people get like stomach cramps. So, you know, we have the rice thing and you can put it on your stomach, but that's not normally where my cramps are. They're in my lower back. So, oh, okay. Having that heating pad, and also it sometimes is in my legs as well. Are you taking calcium? I'm on a calcium blocker right now for something else, but 
Yeah, so between all of that, I Well, am... trying to eat things that have calcium, because that's usually a sign of where osteoporosis may land. We'll see. After menopause. We'll see. Well, I'll talk to my doctor about it when I see yeah, it. Yeah, talk, because that, that's what a doctor had told me. That's why it landed, because it wasn't, no one in my family had osteoporosis. No one. But that's where I have my cramps. Uh-uh. I was listening, on another note, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about the brain throughout time, and how women's brain really isn't studied, and how our reproductive system is basically tied. It flows up from the brain on, and we should be very careful about what we're eating because you want to be able to give your food, your body certain things and nutritious food, like estrogen building food, so that when you are going through menopause or perimenopause, it's not so horrible. And they're discovering that as well, that you should be, again, I don't know how we got here, but you should be mindful of what you're eating now for later. For later. Well, Gupta, what's his name? The one that he's been on TV a lot with the uh-huh. COVID. He was an AARP. He's a brain neurosurgeon, uh-huh. brain surgeon. And he's written a book about a- the aging of the brain. And that's one of the things he spoke of. Yeah. The book she wrote was <laughs> called The XX Brain. So it was the, the woman's brain. And she was saying, you know, having a Mediterranean diet, which I'm basically on the cusp. I mean, I have a salad for breakfast anyways. So, like, I'm on the cusp of already just doing it by default. But a Mediterranean diet is really good for women as well, especially as you age, to make sure that your brain has the necessary things that it needs. Oh, well, all right. Is that your um, Um, your gratefulness? I'm grateful for the heating pad because it is doing, it's the dizzle as we speak right now. Wow, excellent. What about yourself? Well, there are so many things to be grateful for. And sometimes I think I feel like I'm a repeat of things that I'm being grateful for. But I just, you know, I want to be grateful for my family. You know, I have family, most of the majority of my family lives in New Jersey or Northern. And mm-hmm. so we, I'm not as close as if I was there riding past their house, doing this, doing that, going to birthday parties, whatever. And I'm, I'm very grateful to my cousin Renee, who no matter what goes on in the family, she reaches out to me and keeps me informed. Good That's news, bad news. Um, and then just to check on me, just how you doing? How you doing, sis? You okay? You need anything? And just, and, and I'm very grateful for that. Her and I have, we basically grew up together. Oh, nice. And so I'm very grateful to her and to that side of my family to, to know that they're there. And if I ever did need something, to point in question, um, my son's wife's sister passed in their house two Christmases ago. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have, they were from California. So all their friends and and the husband's family was in California, but they had a service here because the father is here, her Mm -hmm. father, my my son's father-in-law. 
and I could not go up there. So, you know, I called on family members to, to go to the service, go to the viewing, see how you can help them because they didn't know anything about doing a service. Mm -hmm. And they all just, you know, banded together and, and, you know, helped and did what they could, checked with him, guided him. And, and a very good friend of mine, Charlene, stepped right in and acted as me. She was his surrogate mother for, for that time. So I'm very grateful for that. That's what's up. I mean, yeah, again, being grateful for people in your life is a, an amazing thing because they make your life the best of it or the worst of it, depending on who you got in your life and who you have in your circle. So that is if true. you have a good circle of people that you can constantly be grateful for, that's just a reflection on the quality of life that you're leading. Well, mm -hmm. that's what's up. So that's my grateful thing. Pick good people. Oh, God picked them. They were here when I got here. There you go. Well, no, I think <laughs> you pick people in your life, too. Because some people be having the most horrible people and just letting them in. Well, you know, you know my sitcom They've story. They've been here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Not everybody gets a party. <laughs> so this week is my topic. And I kind of wanted to deviate a bit um, and have it where we both did something so you kind of knew a little bit of what was going on and what we were talking about. Really? You don't? Okay, no. great. So <laughs> I oh had y'all take a Was test. I supposed to read it? We'll go through it. Okay, because I just took it and let it go. Because okay. when I printed out it was 24 pages, it was past my reading limit. Okay, we're not going to go through all 24 pages. Oh, good, good. So, good. Um, months ago, I took an Enneagram test, and basically what it is, is basically a personality test where each number, each type denotes something. So, for this specific test that we're going to discuss in a little bit, it basically tells you, like, your top three basic personalities so some of you might be familiar with the myers-briggs personality test where it's like oh are you extroverted or introverted or you're you know neurotic or not are you conscientious or not so there that's been a thing that's been used forever the enneagrams are one of the new ones so you know our personalities basically can range from like being eccentric to like introverted to like being boisterous and bold and shy and everything in between. So I took this specific test a while ago and I was like, oh, this makes sense to me that this is who I am. And I don't necessarily want to define myself with it because I think again, or I don't think we as people should define ourselves like with a personality test because it's just a moment snapshot right. of who you are. And then on top of that, you're kind of self-reporting. And sometimes people are like, oh, that might be a better answer. So there is like... Or you answer for the what I'd like to be. Exactly. So, you know, but when you think about it too, personality-wise, 10 years from now, 10 years ago, I'm the same person like the individual obviously but personality wise i might i'm not clubbing 
and I'm not, you know, there's right. certain things that change with time. But I thought that this was a pretty cool snapshot to just go ahead and say, hey, let's let's just do this and see what sticks. Okay. So um, there are nine different types. I don't want to go through nine different types. Um, I think our results will probably be a little bit different. But um, how was it for you taking the test? <sighs> complicated because my computer kept messing up and had kept starting all over Ooh. yeah it, it was something would happen and I'd be in between two pages and at the bottom it would say I was on question two and the question up there was 30 yeah. so and it kept doing that and so then I, I don't know I turned off the computer and reset it and, and then I was good Okay, so it's probably just like a computer thing. But I had to catch myself because sometimes I wanted to answer. I was answering the question based on me and my life instead of me in the moment, like me who I am now. Uh, I was answering the old Gail, not because I think I'm not, there's an old Gail, then there's a new Gail now, mm-hmm. a different personality. Yeah, I guess a different personality has developed than I was when I'm in my evolved. 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So I kept, I had to catch myself because I kept answering like I was in my 20s. Oh, okay. Was that like your favorite time? Actually, my 30s was the bomb. Mm. 50 beat that. There you go. So mine, when I took it, I took it for like, what it is right now like it was just like do you like to do this and you know some people like yeah i like to do that like no i don't (laughs) i don't like to do that i don't like to be around people i want to be at home like it was just like let me answer for what it is so it basically has i guess i'll go through all type and and in the numbers the type one through nine, and then we'll go with what your number one is, and then what my number one is, and then we'll take it from there. Okay. So um, there's type one, the reformer, type two, the helper, type three, the achiever, type four, the individualist, type five, the investigator. That sounds like a nosy person. Type six, the loyalist. They probably are. <laughs> type 7, the enthusiast. Type 8, the challenger. <clears throat> and type 9, the peacemaker. So what I did, what we did, we took the same type of test, which was the Riso Hudson Enneagram type indicator test. So it's the Ready version 2.5. So that was the test that we took. And then... Like Gail said, my results were 18 pages. Oh, man. Mine was 24. Details. Oh. <laughs> what does that mean? Does that mean anything? I don't know. I hope not. So my top one, or actually, I'll let you go first. What was your top one? I was type seven, the enthusiast. Enthusiast. So what's that personality type? I don't know. Was I supposed to look that up? I thought you had these answers. I know. That's in my 24 pages. It doesn't really say. Give me this, Gail. Your highest score was type 7. 
but it doesn't say anything past that. Okay, give us a second. Let's say, let's say. There you go. It was on page three. <laughs> oh. So. Well, it say seven. At the top. Well, what? Big bold letters. It just, but it says what I said, the enthusiast. It doesn't yeah. say anything more. The busy, variety-seeking type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. That's me. <laughs> and what does it say? Generally... <laughs> Sevens are what? Excitable, spontaneous, curious, optimistic, eager, outgoing, future-orientated, adventurous, variety-seeking, quick, and talkative. And Ooh, I get into conflicts by being scattered, distracted, restless, impatient, thrill-seeking, escapist, overextended, irresponsible, demanding, and excessive. God, this is so me. It's probably why I got a man. Whew, that would run me off. And at your best, I'm appreciative, bountiful, thoughtful, accomplished, versatile, receptive, grateful, content, quiet, and pass passionate. Well, I'm not so bad. I'll take me. I hope you'll take you because <laughs> that's who you carry around with you as well. So, take me. so how do you recognize an eight? I mean, a seven. What do you mean, how do I recognize? So it's recognizing sevens. Oh. How do you recognize a seven? The exemplifies the desire, the, the desire for freedom and variety and for exploring the many rich experiences that life offers. Thus, sevens are probably the most enthusiastic, extroverted, and outgoing type of the whole... How do you pronounce that word? Enneagram? Enneagram. Enneagram. Woo. I'm spontaneous, upbeat, life exhilarating. They are the kind of people who make ordinary life into a celebration. Do I do that? I would say you do. Oh. Sevens say... are like to fill up their calendar with things to do after work, a quick drink, then off to dinner, the theater, then after. That's true. The pandemic <laughs> has crushed my little spirit right there. That, that the sevens who do not live in large cities or who do not have enough money for that diverse a lifestyle might have to make do with less lavishness, but they still seek variety and constant experience, whether it's going to a mall or out to a movie. You know, when I was like in a poor state, grocery shopping was an adventure. See? So how are you feeling about your results so far and what well, they're saying? I, so far, that I think, yeah. Okay. Particularly, and that's something I would never, ever say to anybody that I'm scattered, but I am. Okay. Are I'm you okay with being scattered? Well, with sharing that now. Well, yeah, because, I mean, people know I'm scattered. I just don't want to admit it. So, if you dig a little deeper, they do have their hidden side. Do you want to talk about that? Well, I just want to tell you one thing. Sure. Is there, I've done this before and they say I was a type eight. What's a type eight? It's a challenger. Oh, okay. We'll but get I'm there. a challenger. <clears throat> and I, I'm one too, I'm number three, but that was my number one. Oh, see, which might be that things 
change as time progresses. And I did that, and I, I couldn't find the actual test I did, but I sent it to Leslie, and she just sent it to me, the, oh. the cover sheet, because her and I did it together last February 24th. Oh, wow, almost a year. Yes. That is too funny. And whatever one we took, it only gave you one. Oh, okay. It only told you the one. It didn't tell you anything. So it was a whole different. They're different ones. Yeah, that's why I wanted to do this one. Because oh. it was much more detailed. Yeah, that one, as we see, it was not. <laughs> okay. All right, so now what are we doing? I'm sorry, I digress. So what is your hidden side, Gail? What do you mean hidden? Go to the next page. It says their hidden side. Healthy seven, seven's mine. No, no. Their hidden side. Here? Oh my God, girl. Can you just give me your page? Yeah. All together. <laughs> I told you, 27 pages was a lot. I know. This is not in order. Okay, here you go. This is on the second page? The next page <laughs> I was over there. Close. Is, oh, the little big letters. The big letters. Okay, gal. From now on, look for the big <laughs> letters. That is where I am sending you. Their hidden side on the surface, sevens would like to convince themselves and everyone else that they are always feeling fabulous, having the time of their life. Of course, the truth is often somewhat different. Sevens, like human beings, are vulnerable to anxiety, depression, loneliness, and other difficult feelings. At times, sevens sincerely want to tell others how they actually feel, but they often feel compelled to keep spirits high, even if privately they are miserable themselves. Yet, they also struggle with fears of not being taken seriously and a sense that others will misinterpret their positive approach as life as a lack of feeling or depth. In private, seven struggle with loneliness, grief, and self-doubt and are prone to depression as any other type. Most of all, sevens fear a gnawing feeling that they will never really get what they truly want in life. So they settle for other pleasures that they hope will make them happy enough or at least pleasantly distract them from the more painful disappointments in their lives. Mm. Nah, maybe. Okay. But then if I'm a true seven, I wouldn't admit it anyway. There lies the conundrum. <laughs> You're so silly. <laughs> and what about your passion? Okay, is that a big word? It is a big word. Oh, <laughs> I see relationship issues. I kind of skipped that one. Oh, you can look okay. at that on your own. My passion is gluttony. That is so true. That is... <laughs> Sevens enjoy life most when they feel stimulated, awake, and refreshed by life's amazing diversity. But to the extent that they are harboring unacknowledged feelings of inner emptiness or loneliness, sevens become anxious and they get into the habit of seeking constant stimulation as a way of distracting themselves from their anxiety. At such times, they are starving refugees released at a banquet. They gobble up every experience they're offered to them often without discriminating the experiences that might be satisfying. That is probably just how I got into parachute jumping. Just trying things out. Mm-hmm. Fear of heights and all. In an airplane, thinking I have lost my mind. 
Okay. But for the fun of it, and at your best. Oh, when they're balanced and in their own center. Is that ever? Because just now it just sounded like we're just never, ever balanced. I think you can move your way there. All I'm doing is seeking the next adventure. I'm just not, that's like an Indiana Jones thing going on. I could strap on leather and a couple guns and let's do this. Get you a hat. Woo! Like, you know, Civil War, I'm in. There you go. Hey, let's shoot them up. At their best, when they are balanced and in their own center, healthy, sevens can harness their enormous enthusiasm and curiosity and still stay focused and deeply engaged with tasks until they are brought to completion. They can set priorities and work within limitations, imposing restrictions on themselves from the recognition that a certain degree of self-restraint actually makes them more productive and much happier. I think that's where I am. I was going to say, I think that's pretty much where you are. Like, I think you have... Therapy has brought me here. Yeah, I think you have a flair for a bit of the dramatics, which among us doesn't, looking who's speaking right now. But at the same time, I think you've been able to kind of harness... Because that's like, even to like, if you have like a little small dinner party, no big poo-poo, I want to make it big. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes, recently that that occurred. I was yes, like, I was like, what? We're not setting the table? I was what like, is- it was funny because the person was like, am I supposed to use this napkin? <laughs> no, it's just a looker. <laughs> but if you do, it's okay. It's all right. But... See, I guess that's over the top. Yes. <laughs> but that, you know, thank God there are no ca- candelabra candles or they would have been I know, right? It would be like in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> oh, that would have been beautiful. Be our guest. With music in the background. You know, we went to some restaurant. Do you remember, Alina, with Julian? I don't think you could. No, I did not go. You couldn't <sighs> make it. That damn job. In Brickle. You remember? And they had the candelabras. No, I don't remember. It was in Brickle. I didn't get directions. It was me. Gail didn't go, but me, Julian, Fran, Jordan. It was a really fancy restaurant. And Kyle. And Kyle. And I think you had like a bisque or something. Okay, anyhow. Anyhow. But they had candelabras there. And now when we're at our best, we are steady and grounded, able to honor commitments and to take personal responsibility for their actions. In short, they grow up emotionally. Ta-da! 69 it took. At least I live to see it. And more from being an eternal youth to being a mature person, able to look both inward at themselves and outward, outward at life accepting all that they find in both realms. They become truly celebratory and filled with gratitude, resolving their inner hunger and allowing them to feel that they never have to fear that they will be deprived of anything truly worthwhile. That's That's pretty pretty cool. I was just thinking that. I think you're at your best. Well, thank you. I think you're at your best. I mean, I didn't know you then, so I'm pretty sure... Yeah. But (laughs) so anyone listening, we don't need updates. We're good. So my personality type from this thing, which can or cannot be right, you guys let me know. 
is the challenger, which I think you and I share. So we can discuss this together. Okay. Um, which is the powerful dominating type. They're self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. I'm a wallflower, so I'm not quite sure that this applies to why y'all, uh-uh. why y'all shaking uh-uh. your head? Okay. Burling, we're like afraid to say certain things to you. So generally, eight, <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, it's like, okay, now let's just not mention that. So generally, eights are strong, assertive, resourceful, independent, determined, action-oriented, pragmatic, competitive, straight-talking, shrewd, and insistent. Aids get into conflict by being blunt, willful, domineering, forceful, defiant, confrontational, bad-tempered, rageful, cynical, and vengeful. See, I've gotten past the vengeful portion of my life. I don't have to tit and tat for anything anymore. So I will say I've knocked that out. Um, and at their best... <laughs> Would you say that? That she's no longer vengeful? Another? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not vengeful. You can be. You can be. Mm-hmm. You think you're not. See, you think you're all this beautiful different person in your head. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> <that's their best. laughs> I mean, you're not running around with a knife plotting death. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's vengeful. But then you cut yourself off, and that's like your vengeful thing. It's like, okay, you won't have any of this. You of course not. Go upstairs and just not. At your best, eights are honorable, heroic, empowering, generous, gentle, constructive, initiating, decisive, and aspiring. I can get with all that. Yeah, and I would agree with that as well. So, um, type eights exemplify the desire to be independent and to take care of oneself. Eights are assertive and passionate about life, meaning meeting it head on with self-confidence and strength. They have learned to stand up for themselves and has a and have a resourceful can-do attitude. They are determined to be self-reliant and free to pursue their own destiny. Thus, eight are natural leaders, honorable, authoritative, and decisive with a solid and commanding presence. They take initiative and make things happen, protecting and providing for the people in their lives while empowering others to stand on their own. They embody solidity and courage using their talent and vision to construct a better world for everyone depending on their stage of influence and most of all eights are people of vision and action they can take what looks like a useful broken down shell of a building and turn it into a beautiful home or office or hospital um just to do a side note type eights are like the least common Enneagram type in America. But I think part of it is that, like, if you've been poor, huh? you could probably be an eight. Because if you can take just anything and make something out of it, poor people do that all the time. Yes. And then on top of that, I think when you are a, a domineering woman or you're like, you have a presence about yourself, it goes against the grain of what society tells you that you should be. So it's like, oh, she's a scary woman. And it's like, no, I'm not going to take your shit. Yeah. 
So I think there, for me, when I was analyzing it, I was just like, yeah, I could be all those things. But if I was a man, who would care? No. Oh, they'd applaud you. Exactly. Who would care that you would challenge things? And you they know, would want you to as a man. Yeah, they would want you to say tit for tat and do all this stuff or whatever the case may be. But I think as a woman, it's kind of like frowned upon to say, hey, no, we're not doing this. And hey, I'm not doing this. And what you're not going to do is and really stand up for yourself because that's what it sounds like you do. Now, your hidden sign, um, which makes sense to me now because this is like my year for vulnerability is eights present a tough independent image to the world but under the bravado and layers of armor there is vulnerability and fear eights are affected by the reactions of their close of those closest to them far more than they would let on they often expect that others will dislike or reject them and so they are profoundly touched even sentimental when they feel that someone they care about truly understands and loves them. Aids may learn to harden themselves against wanting or expecting tenderness, but they, are in, but, but they are never entirely successful. No matter how tough, even belligerent, they may become, their desire for nurturance and connection can never be put entirely out of consciousness. Let's say you, because we both have that in common. Well... I'll speak for me first. Yeah. Because I do feel like, again, now that I'm on my little year of vulnerability and, you know, getting back to being soft, because I mean, the world does, at least for me, I was talking to Alana yesterday and I'm like, you know, the sucky part about resilient is that you have to like, being a resilient person means you have to go through stuff. No one becomes resilient because nothing ever happened to them. Because yeah. how would you garner that? And part of it is that, like, when life has been tough, you have to protect yourself. You have to put on the armor so that you can make it through without being hurt because that is just the way the world has presented itself to you. That's true. So, with that being in mind, I am, again, on the, I'm working through therapy now to just be softer. And I don't know if I, I said this on the podcast or just speaking, is that, you know, I've been hard and, you know, only cry my thug tears when I feel like crying my thug tears. But at the same time, the, as much as I have earned the right to be hard, I also have, I've, all, I've always had it in me to be soft. So that's where I'm working on with the vulnerability. But I think for the vulnerability portion of it, at my big age, because I feel like I've been vulnerable to the wrong people, at my big age, discernment matters. Yeah. And I, I, I'm with you there. And I think my problem has been that I haven't, I told myself in my 20s when I had my heart terribly broken by someone that I was not going to allow that to harden me. I didn't want to become one of those women 
that talks terrible about men and men are horrible creatures and just out to get what I can get from a man and throw him to the side. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling myself that, but when I look back over, I was not hard in that sense, but I had like a list clicking in my head. And when you hit a certain number, you were just bounced. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, it didn't, it, in my world, I wasn't being hard and unkind and, and cruel and I wasn't using you. You just, you, we just went as far as we could go in this race. Yeah. But in, in essence, I was. Yeah, I you was know, being hard. You don't even know that you're doing Right, because I would tick off and I, it was just the weirdest thing. It's like, you know, I thought you liked them. Mm, I thought so too. Yeah. And just, and totally disconnect it and be done. Not look back. It, it, it was so hard for me to, to repeat someone. I, it just, you know, I don't even talk to you, so how can I repeat you? <laughs> so funny. We're not going to be friends later. You're like, I cut you off. Yeah, we're not friends. Right. <laughs> if we were friends, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't have gotten here. We're, we, we were never friends. Yeah. So, and I think in that, that was my hidden side. Yeah. I hid that. At least I thought I was hiding it. The but people it, who experienced it knew. <laughs> right. And really people close to me, I will never forget this girl, uh, Roberta, at the hospital because there was a guy I was dating and just wasn't anymore. <clears throat> and he came to lunch with us and I, we were chatting. Everybody's laughing and joking. And he, he said, you seem kind of distant to me. What's wrong? And <laughs> Roberta looked at him and said, oh, sweetie, you're cut off. You don't know that? She's done with you. <laughs> She's truly done, but she'll be pleasant and she'll be nice and you won't recognize it right off the bat, but you'll, you'll get the drift. Yeah. And yeah. that's harsh. It is. That is really harsh that you can do that to somebody and still be in their company and be pleasant and nice, but cut them off like that. That, that was harsh. I have a tendency to do, well, add, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Now I, I basically tell you like, Hey, this is why, this is why we can't do it. And then take it from there. Like, cause I will still cut you off because I just feel like if it's gotten to the point where I feel disrespected and there is no accountability to boot with it. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing there. But now the thing is, is this a trait that is just going to swallow us up? No, so let's keep going. Let's keep going. So, because again, I think there are some, like they tell you like at your healthy, like your healthy level and if you're average, which we didn't go through because, you know, time purposes. But I think every, there, there's, there's a spectrum of everything. So I think you can be a challenger or you can challenge people respectfully. You know what I mean? I think everything is on a spectrum. You just go discernment. Discernment is my little word of the year. You can discern whether or not, hey, I'm going to set a firm boundary, but I don't need to be nasty when setting that firm boundary. Yeah. And I've learned <laughs> in some situations, even like recently, I've had to set firm boundaries 
And it's again, not even something where I'm like, I'm upset or I'm pissed. It's coming from more of like, this is, it's objective. This is not how I feel. This is what needs to be done. And my intention is not to hurt anyone, but my intention is to protect. So if you are upset about that, I'm not quite sure what I need to do about that, but I'm going to still place this boundary in place because it needs to be done. And I think that's firm and that's fair, but at the same time, not everybody's used to that. So it's like, what? Well, and I think not only that, when we don't do that, then we start to build the wall of nasty. Exactly. Because, because but then it's your, then it's, but it's my fault mm-hmm. because I seem to be pleasant and nice and everything's honky dory and sure go on. And then you do the thing again. And, and so we're back at it. Yep. And it's just a back and forth thing till finally either the other person says, I, I don't know what's going on with you, so I can't deal with you. And then you play the hurt. Uh, I will play the hurt victim <laughs> when in fact I, I, I made this. Yeah. It was an unintentional, intentional behavior. Yeah. Discernment. I'm telling you. Yes. Discernment. So the passion is lust. I When I saw that, I was like, yes, that's me. Um, Ace want to feel intensely alive. They love a sense of immediacy that they get from engaged with life fully. That kind of goes along with your enthusiasts. Um, they do not have much patience for lukewarm responses or half-hearted actions from others. I think the reason being is that like, I'm very decisive. So like on the fence stuff is like, what do you, is, is this that hard? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm on the fence stuff. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what that means. But this desire to be um but this desire to be vital and alive can easily deteriorate into a need to constantly push against the world and especially other people. Eight gets eights get into the habit of exerting themselves and their influence, increasing the intensity of situations that they 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 will feel more real and alive. They become the person aggressively trying to push a door open that op- a door op- push a door open that opens inwardly. So mm-hmm. instead of like pulling, you're pushing. Just read. <laughs> Unfortunately, this approach to life often overwhelms other people who then avoid the eight, and it can lead to to severe stress and even physical breakdown to the eight herself. Which that makes sense because then it's like you're, you're, you're fighting. You're constantly you're drained. fighting. But at your best, healthy A's combine the natural strength and energy with measured, insightful decision-making discernment and a greater willingness to be emotionally open and available to others. They make loyal friends and will make any sacrifice necessary for the well-being of their loved one. They feel no need to test their wills against other. They are so they are so secure and grounded in themselves that there is no need to constantly assert themselves, much less to control anyone else. Thus, they have a greater inner peace about themselves and can therefore be an enormous source of support and strength to others. Seeing that they can be a powerful source of blessings in other lives, fulfill eight with a deep sense of fulfillment 
and a kind of benevolent pride in their ability to have a positive impact on the world and on others. High functioning eights are truly heroic, mastering themselves and their passions. They are big hearted, merciful, and forbearing. Yep. Carrying others with their strengths, courageous and strong, but also gentle and humble, willing to put themselves in jeopardy for the sake of justice and fairness. Very high functioning eight have the vision, compassion, and heart to be a tremendous influence for good in the world. Yep, that's me. I think that's me too. <laughs> I mean, I'm not completely at my best. I would say I am working there because I think my missing component is vulnerability, which again, I'm working on now. So be prepared, bitches, in 2022. <laughs> well, I kind of think that's how I was at eight in 2020 and 2020 in therapy has brought me to a seven. Because at an eight, I was probably a little too harsh. I don't know if I was at my best as an eight. Mm-hmm. I was more or less at the other stage. Right. <laughs> but as I've evolved to a seven now, so I guess the two, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming balanced. There you go. So let's do your second top one. Well, that was the helper. Okay. Which I just didn't see that. I am the reformer, so we can go back and forth. I, I just didn't with this see one. that I was these two were anybody's helper. So what's a helper? Because I don't know what a helper is. Generally, twos are caring. What's that word? Empathetic. Empathetic, yeah. All right. Warm, thoughtful, appreciative, generous, other orientated, tactile, affectionate, well-intentioned, and demonstrative. Twos get into conflict by being people-pleasing, flattering, ingratiating, clingy, worried, possessive, insecure, I'm sorry, insincere, seductive, self-important and self-deceptive Oof. at their best twos are encouraging loving self-nurturing constant joyous humble forgiving gracious and, com- and compassionate all right so i'll go with mine which is the reformer which i think this is where i'm working i'm here but i'm working more towards it um, generally, ones are conscientious, sensible, responsible, idealistic, ethical, serious, self-disciplined, orderly, and feel personally obligated to improve themselves and their world. That makes sense to me. Um, and what one, is this one? This is the reformer, the number one. Oh, look at you. So ones get into conflict by being opinionated. I can see that. Impatient, irritable, rigid, perfectionist, critical and self-critical, sarcastic and judgmental. And at their best, they are tolerating, accepting, discerning, wise, humane, prudent, principled, fair, and able to delay rewards for a higher good. So now, why is 
This is at your best? This is a reformer at their best. Okay. Hmm. So to recognize uh, one, they have the desire to be good. <laughs> I do. I do have the desire to be good. So. You sound like one of the superheroes, but you're the bad superhero. <laughs> you know, I was watching on a, on a side note. I remember when we used to watch The Flash and um there was a bad guy and whatever his thing was that he wanted to erase everybody's memory to make them smart to give them like knowledge so that they could well, be why smart. did he have to erase their memory to make them smart because i don't know why but that was his whole thing and i was like that's not i don't see the problem here <laughs> So just erase who they are. But everybody's smart. Be careful when you sleep, Alina. Well, no. But I just, I was like, that to me. Was You're erasing like, your brain in the middle of the night. No, it was fine. And to affect positive change on the world. While, num while a number of types care about achieving goals, one are particularly aware of how they achieve their goals. Were they honorable? Did they use their resources wisely? Were they fair and truthful? Ones are people of high standards that expect themselves and others to live by those standards as much as possible. They tend to see things from a long range objective and they can be aware of how current actions might affect future situations. For example, ones are often in the forefront of battles to improve envi environmental standards or to make people aware of healthier lifestyle choices. That's what of you. I think so. But I don't know. Yeah, it is you in a sense, but you're not going to go out your way to inform, make people, like, reform people. Just oh, like, no, 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 no. I What I can touch, <laughs> I'll do. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not trying to be nobody's Oprah yet. You know, like if somebody's in a grocery store picking up red meat or something, you'd be like, "You're not gonna help them out." Like, should I be eating this? What are you talking to me? Why are you know talking what your to me? Problems. I'm not a nutritionist. <laughs> so, what is a helper? How do you recognize a helper, gal? Type two amplifies the desire to feel loved to connect with others in a heartfelt way, and to be a source of benevolence and love in our world. Aww. That would be me. There you go. Mm. Twos are what? Nothing. Oh. Twos are easily the most people-oriented of the types. They focus on relationship and feel best about themselves when they are meaningfully engaged with others. And, you know, I kind of learned what that meant. That doesn't mean you have a boyfriend. That just means you're engaged with people. You're around people. It's you're, so funny. You know. <laughs> Took a while, but I, I got that. Other relationships are just as important. Uh, they want to share the good in their lives and genuinely enjoy supporting others with their attention and care insofar as they can. Twos make good things happen for people. They will stay up late to take care of children or older folks, drive across town to bring food or see if there are others that need medical attention. When there is practical work to be done for others, healthy twos will be there, throwing themselves into the effort, heart, into the effort, heart and soul. That's me. Mm -hmm. I, I will do that. 
until I don't. Mm-hmm. Twos are generally interested in other people and in the details of their lives. They remember to send birthday and no, that's not me. Wow. I, it doesn't have to completely. I, for, I forget birthdays all the time. And holiday cards, I write them out. <laughs> <laughs> the intent is the, there. Yeah. Long after their friends have moved away. Nah. Um, they also remember your spouse's name and the names of your children and pets. No. Um, never. Plus, no, that's not true. I used to remember stuff really easy like that. Because when I was married, my husband would ask me, who's that? Uh, <laughs> As they're walking towards him, tell me the name. Who are they? Um, plus, who has allergies and what their major was in college? Wow. They just store all that little needless information. Twos are the first in the kitchen after party to help out. That is my signature. Yeah. To help out and clean up the kitchen. Yes. At the office, twos have a bowl of candy or a tin of cookies at their desk. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Even today. Ridiculous. <laughs> Not for themselves, but for anyone who drops by to chat. It is so true. They're constantly thinking of others and they try to do nice things that others will think well of them. But we get into difficulty when we begin to attend others' needs without adequately dealing with their own. They get into denial about the extent of their own needs while insisting that their only concern is taking care of others. Twos may develop boundary problems. That's true. They disregard their own boundaries, doing things for others that take them away from what they need to do for themselves. And they disregard the boundaries of others, doing things that others do not necessarily want done. When others feel crowded by the two's efforts to help and try to set and try to set boundaries with them, twos can feel hurt and insecure about the relationship and feel rejected. That is so true. So sad. Oof. There's a lot of stuff about. <laughs> You're so funny. Oh my god! <laughs> you don't have to read it all. In brief, I didn't read it all. <laughs> in brief, twos feel want to feel loved, to have intimacy, to express their feelings for others, and to be needed and appreciated. They just sound so clingy, and I have been there. Well, this is your your number three one. No, this is my no. number two. Oh, the re- the challenge. I'm the helper. Number three. Number th- yeah, I'm the helper. Okay. Oh, ooh, that's that's okay. Moving on. <laughs> Let's move on from that. <clears throat> so, what's your hidden side? Um, ones appear to be balanced and sure of themselves, but can suffer from extreme self-criticism. Feeling that they are never able to measure to the Olympian standards. To be honest, I would disagree. I think in my younger days, I might have felt that way. But the more that I became competent in doing the things that I say I'm going to do, that has kind of like gone away. Gone away because the moment you can set a goal, do it, you know it's possible. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. And then even with my standards, I think we mentioned it. I know we mentioned this prior to like the smart goals. Like I try to figure out like what my goals are and why I'm doing them. 
So that if yeah. it's not, if it's something that's so far <laughs> out there and doesn't, and I can't get a why, I'm not going to do it. So I think I've kind of like harnessed that portion in. <coughs> um, similarly, they can feel lonely. You okay? I don't know. I'm coughing. <coughs> it's just allergies. The pollen's outside. The pollen was terrible today. It was me. hard for me to breathe when I was taking a walk yet earlier. Similarly, they can feel lonely and alienated <laughs> from others, seeing themselves as the only responsible adult around. To be honest, in this moment, in a, in a particular situation I am in right now, I feel that way. <laughs> like, not in here. <laughs> Looking at me and Alina. Okay, she's not, the only no, responsible no. adult. Not here, that. but in another situation, <laughs> I'm just like, am I the only one that sees things for what they are right now? But I do feel that way sometimes. As sometimes they feel burdened by the responsibilities and their sense that others will not do the job as well as they can. I I I can see that. Um, if these and what is this again? A number one. Oh, the number one. The, the reformer. reformer. Okay. Um, ones can become harsh with themselves and other, and prey to hidden depression. They may attempt to maintain an outer attitude of self control and reserve, while inwardly feeling anguished and alienated. Ooh, hold on a second. Ooh. Um, as they become more isolated, their self-criticism becomes more cruel and irrational. Again, I've gotten past that point. Um, few <laughs> casual observers will suspect how much they are suffering from relentless attacks of their inner critic. But again, I think quitting my job in my 30s kind of like solidified that critic. Because it was okay. like so much happened. And even now, I tend to be kind of like, I, that's why I do speak to myself kindly. And I was talking to one of my friends about a goal that I'm trying to do within not even the vulnerability thing, but just, you know, another health goal that I'm trying to do within a year. And she was like, well, you'll be able to do it because you're you do the things you say you're going to do you and you don't necessarily complain <laughs> about it and i i i'm always very i even tell alina that too like i always try to reiterate to her the way you speak to yourself matters so much more yeah than what anybody else has to say to you because if you're hard on yourself and you're deprecating on yourself and all of that stuff, like you're basically frozen compared to being kind to yourself, which again, we spoke on that kind episode and not just as well. Frozen, you push yourself back. Yeah. So just back into a hole, it's harder. To, uh, uh, the box you put yourself in is harder to get out of than the box someone else puts you in. Exactly. So again, I think for at least me, that would have been a problem in my 20s leading up to when I quit my job. But now it's kind of like, no, I like to say nice things to myself and not because they're like delusions of grandeur. <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> I just 
just made me laugh because I feel like I do it to myself as delusions of grandeur. Because sometimes I know I look crazy. My hair will be all scattered and crazy and I'll be wearing something that I just really shouldn't be wearing. And I'll look in this mirror right here before I go out the door and say, girl, you look crazy, but go rock it. I mean, but that's still you being kind to yourself. But it is a delusional. You're not going to rock this, but if... It's, to me, it's all in the attitude. Yeah, it really is. I think how you treat yourself matters most. So I think that hidden side for that is kind of like, eh, not too bad because I do know what my strengths are and then I do try to play all my strengths where sometimes I feel like people, what your weaknesses are, you're like, oh my God, I, I don't have this and I don't have that and I look like this and my ears are like this and that. And it's like, but what is good about yourself? Yeah. So for me, I've gotten to the point where... But you want other people to tell you what me? your good points are. Not you per se, but people want to be told what's good about them, but then they don't speak what's good about them themselves. Uh -huh. So how is somebody else going to see it if you can't? Pretty much. So what are your hidden side? I don't have a lot, unless my pages are at a number. Probably. Nope, I don't. No, they're not. The hidden side, although on the surface, to appear to feel at ease with others and to be a source of emotional sustenance. I love that word. For the people in their lives, they also suffer from well-hidden feelings of rejection. Twos expect people to not want them around. They often feel they need to be extraordinarily kind and supportive to get people to accept and love them. They usually try to conceal the depths of their loneliness or hurt beneath an image of concern for others, focusing on others' needs to help them feel better. Sometimes it does, but just as often, twos may feel that others are not appreciating them for their efforts, thus rekindling their feelings of rejection. Then they may become touchy or even openly angry, revealing the extent of the disappointment they are hiding. That is so true. <clears throat> so you're finding these to be kind of like a little spot on for you? Yeah, for this. Yeah, because I, I do think that I want to be liked. I want, and I've always, ever since I remember my, my one of my uncles saying that to me. You got to stop want, caring whether people like you or not. Mm. It's just not that important. You got to like you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether they like you because you're not gonna know them. And he told me this one little girl. My feelings was so hurt because she wouldn't be my friend. And he said, in five years you won't know her name. Mm -hmm. He was absolutely right. <clears throat> But there is something in me that wants to be like, I don't want to be rejected. And that stopped me a lot of times from not rejecting people or removing people or putting people away from me that were harmful, mm. that were not being a positive influence in my life that was more negative. Because it would have been too much to let them and go. And then the way to, the only way I could push them out was the, an anger. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to cause some situation that it was a break and yeah. it was an ugly break. But I knew before I even got there, this is this not helpful for me. Mm. And as I got older, I could recognize it, but I didn't have the tools. I think that's why the 50s were good for me. By the time I was 50, I had the tools to deal with that. Yeah. And some people still squeezed in and hung out longer than they should. 
And it might be the circumstance that you're going through life. Maybe they're the only person there at that moment. Mm-hmm. But I, I do relate to this. I truly do. All right. So are we going to do passion or you want to just do at your best? Because there's one more for me. Because we both had the challenger. No, I didn't have. The challenger was number is my third. Yeah, which is the same one. Oh, okay. That, that was, was my, my number third. one. That was your number one. It was my third. Yeah. Look at so that. I have, an, I have one that's different <clears throat> from you. So well, I'm, let's I'm go, go to at their best. Yes. Yes. So at the best, you can go because you were just speaking about being a helper. Okay. I'm sorry. I skipped ahead. At their best, healthy twos are sincere and warm-hearted with immense goodwill and enormous generosity of spirit. They have an extraordinary ability to feel the feelings and the needs of others because they are so empathetic. Healthy twos know other sorrows and this motivates them to go out of their way to help and support people, especially in the times of need. They put a charitable interpretation on the behavior of others, emphasizing the good in people whenever they find it. But healthy twos are able to maintain this generous approach to life because they are acknowledging their own needs and more importantly, addressing them. Healthy twos do not wait around for a loving response from people in order to feel lovable. That's where I am. Yes, they recognize their true strengths and limitations and accept them, extending the support and love to themselves that they would easily offer to someone else. Thus, they are also able to accept others for who they are and relate to them on their own level, whether the person is the president of a corporation, the mailman, or a delivery boy. See, that's me. I talk to everybody. You do. And I can relate to everybody. I just, yes, that's, I'm a healthy two now. Go. Okay, at a best, healthy ones are guided by their conscious, and concerned with maintaining ethical standards, but they are also flexible and gentle about applying their principles, both with themselves and others. They are truthful and reasonable, the kind of person others turn to for directions and, and clear feedback. They have a strong sense of morality, but they temper this with a deep love and respect for the dignity of their fellow human beings. It would be a whole lot easier if people were smarter, though. So I don't know that I'm completely <laughs> at so my best. Okay, if people were just smarter, I'd be better. <laughs> it would it would help. Um, they strive to be impartial, fair, and objective. That is an objective statement, and they are willing to sublimate their desires and meet an immediate gratification for the greater good or a higher principle. So. They're not necessarily trying to fix anyone else, which we were saying earlier, like my thing, my right. job is not to fix you like or anybody else. Um, but their personal integrity allows them to teach by example, which I think I'm okay with doing. Cause and I, you do. Yeah. Um, they can be quite <laughs> eloquent and effective at conveying the truth and wisdom of their perspective. They stand for quality and desire excellence in all things. Their commitment to the highest principles can be profoundly moving to others, reminding others of the values they most deeply cherish. At their very best, 
which I know I'm not at my very best because I don't think so highly of humans. Um, high functioning ones embody true wisdom, especially in being able to discern appropriate and compassionate action. Discerning, discernment keeps coming up. Um, they radiate nobility and inspire others to remember to live according to the highest values. At the same time, they are gentle and humane. Okay, so that's that, my best. That's, that, I think all of this is kind of a little bit of us. <clears throat> yes. So now what was your number three? Oh, the number nine, the peacemaker. Wow. So mine are like, I challenge people. <laughs> Piss them off. <laughs> and then I'm like, but here's how to be better. <laughs> and then? And then you make peace with being a better person in my life. But it's the peacemaker, which are patient, steady, easygoing, receptive, relaxed, unselfconscious, agreeable, uncomplicated, contented, comforting, sensual and ideal idealizing um they get into conflict this all makes sense by being emotionally unavailable check um complacent inattentive unaware of their own anger ineffectual passive aggressive unrealistic resigned and stubborn and you will be the first one to point out someone else's passive aggressive who me mm -hmm. Oh, it'd be like that. <laughs> you are very passive aggressive. <laughs> I'm working on it. No, I'm it, working. It just on. tickles me. You will point it out, and I'll be like, "But she does that all the time." Oh, okay. see, <laughs> it's because I'm like the challenger, the reformer, and the peacemaker at the same time. Um, at their best, they are self-aware, dynamic, inclusive, steadfast, healing, proactive, contemplative, natural imaginative, serene, and exuberant, engaged, and passionate. So they do desire wholeness, peace, and harmony in the world. I do. I would love to sing Kumbaya, hands across America. But you're not touching their hands. Bubbles. <laughs> Bubbles across America. Just don't touch me, but nice are easygoing, emotionally emotionally stable people. They are open and unselfconsciously serene, trusting and patient with themselves and others. Their openness allows them to be at ease with life and with the natural world. As a result, others genuinely find it easy to be in their company. You're welcome. They are genuinely good nature and unrefreshed. But see, this is this is your level three. Yeah, but I think it's a mix. So, well, no. What? It's level one. That's your strongest type. Yeah, the challenge. Then, then the well, second actually, one. I'm a tie <laughs> for both of my level twos are a tie. Why? They're the same number? Pretty much. I'm a tie. What does that mean, pretty much? So it's like 20 and 19. So when I got the results back, it says your second highest score was a tie between a type 1 and a type 9. Hmm. So it wasn't too so much of a difference. So then what's your fourth thing? The investigator, which I don't know what that is. But that one has 17. The investigator. That would be you. How? Mm, that's okay. Podcast queen. PBS. 
Oh, I just like to learn things. That's a little bit like investigating. What That's what an investigator does, learn stuff and then applies what they learn. You do that. And that's not a bad thing. I wish that was more of an investigator. For me, the investigator is number five. I'm jumping out the airplane when I decide to check what the height is. It's so funny. <laughs> so that's a good thing. So, yeah. So that is the nine. Hold on a second. I have scrolled and missed something. Oh, okay. Is that the nine? Hold on a second. I scrolled and missed something. It's the peacemaker. Yeah, mine make no sense because it's like I'm the challenger, but then there's peace. So it's like, well, but that does make sense. Shaking the table. But that does make sense. When you think about it, a challenger doesn't necessarily mean that you're always turning. Maybe you're turning the world upside down for good. Yeah. And there's got to be somebody to help sort that out once you turn. At least you clean up your mess. Mm-hmm. So the hidden side is that they are easygoing and pleasant people, but they do, and they have a desire to like make sure everyone is at ease and happy. I don't know about all that. I don't know that. I'll sacrifice my happiness for other people. You will. (laughs) But... Their hidden side is that they suppress a huge well of anger that they conceal from others. Nine want to get along with others, but they also want to hold on to independence and autonomy. I think that's like challenger fighting that person. They do not want to be messed with. That would be you. Yeah, I don't don't play that. (laughs) To, To the extent that they feel that they cannot do the latter without endangering the connection with the people most important. So they become resentful um although they feel that they can never let this anger out without destroying relationships thus for nine to develop themselves and the potentials they must come to grips with suppressed rage and find constructive outlets for this energy which is why i draw and do whatever it is i need to do but at oh the passion is we have that in common what like a, a hidden anger I think everybody does because the world tells you that when most people ask you how you do and they don't expect for you to be like, I'm terrible. They don't expect an answer. They say that as they're walking by you. Yeah. So again, if you really don't have someone to talk about things with and funny, I I, I just have the feeling that this week's therapy session is going to be a little bit tough because I like wrote down all the things that I was like. These are the things that I'm most vulnerable about that anger me or that I feel resentful about, which is on time. But again, it takes having a safe space to do that. So you can't always share those things with everyone because A, not everyone's equipped to take it. Yeah. Not everyone's equipped to take it. And then not everybody will know what to do with it either. Or even want to hear it. So it's like, I think, to the same side, I think a lot of us are peacemakers because we walk around 
I think a lot of us are a little bit of everything. You know what I mean? I think we might rely a little bit too much on one portion or another, or we could scale back. And again, I think all of this is fluid. So just because this test says that I'm a challenger doesn't mean that you're a challenger every, every single, single day yeah. and every single moment. The situation and what, if you do something and it works, you generally repeat it. Exactly. Until it no longer works. So I think the underlying theme again which again is why i'm like let's just be vulnerable and vulnerable doesn't mean sad vulnerable may be like okay well this is how i'm feeling and i'm able to express and it doesn't mean you lay down and say go ahead walk on me i'm vulnerable exactly (laughs) discernment but at the same time i I do feel like again there it's on time because i do have some things that i want to work out in therapy this week re- involving some anger and there is now here's the thing if you do make me angry i do let you know that's true you do i don't hide it because it doesn't behoove me to hide my anger so i might be able to do that but there are some people who just i you can't speak to them and say you made me angry so when you can't speak to a particular person, then that's where that resentment for me at least builds up. But if you're alive and well and I can touch, talk, whatever yeah. to you, if in that moment you do something that I don't like or that makes me angry, I will let you know, hey, don't do that. So that's a clear boundary that I'm like, I don't care if you don't like me after this or not, but don't do that. Um but it's it's more so for people who just I can't speak to for whatever but reason. But and and a lot of people you can't do that with anyway. Exactly. But um so what are the good points? It does say that you can become like passive and disengaged. Makes sense to me. I'm like, "Oh, turn you off. You doing something? Like switch off." Um, but the good part at the best, you, they learn to assert themselves more freely. They experience greater peace, equanimity, and contentment. Their self-possession enables them to have a profound effect on the world because they are truly present to themselves. They are intensely alive, awake, exuberant, and alert. They have learned not to give up their own power to others or withhold themselves for fear of self-assertion that could be like vulnerability in my head they become dynamic and joyful actively working for peace and healing their world as a result they have enormous dignity and a genuine serenity that comes from deeply accepting the human condition thus high functioning nines are extraordinary vital self-possessed and independent they understand that by being grounded in the present moment which we spoke about being present they can both they can have both independence and connection with other it's not an either or situation equanimity what was that word hold on i don't know let me look that up you use the word i'd not heard before <coughs> equanimity it means mental calmness composure and even evenness of temper especially in difficult situations Okay, that suits you. 
I mean, I think again, it's all like a hot. All of it will suit you at different phases and times and portions and moments of your life. All of these, even the good and the bad, like the 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 hidden side and all of that. To me, I just thought it was an interesting thing to do because I was like, this is pretty spot on. Because all of us, at some point, we have people that we're loyal to. We, all of us have a sense of reforming something. What was your lowest one? The peacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're like, tell me more. <laughs> like six points. <laughs> My lowest one was the individualist. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Well, because I do like collective things. I just feel like the world... I, I, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I don't like America is because it's such an individualistic country. Like, we only think of ourselves and not of other people. And the individualist, that was my number four. Oh. You're more American than I am. Ooh, yes, I am. <laughs> and then number five was the investigator. Then... Uh, my number <clears throat> five was the achiever. What was your number six? Wait a minute. I did them wrong. One, two, three, four, five was the investigator. Six was the reformer. Okay. My six was the enthusiast, which was your number one. And my number seven was the loyalist. That would be the helper for me. And number eight was the achiever. That would be the loyalist for me. And nine was the peacemaker. That would be the individualist. Wow. Who the fuck? I'm not a peacemaker. Hmm. We can't all be things. Well, there you go. It takes a lot of energy to be the enthusiast. I don't have it in me. I don't have it in me. I'm like, how can I entertain myself? (laughs) I'm trying to entertain the world. How can I entertain myself? Well, how did you feel about it? Like going through it? Because it is a lot to read and go through. And they even have like ways that you can be better and you know well yeah and i I haven't really gone through but while you were talking i i I did more glancing through it and not just that it has like suggestions on you know how you can develop that and what is what i liked i did see they talk about the levels of development those Mm -hmm. that are healthy average and unhealthy yeah and that would be the thing I think you really should look out for is what is unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we did what was at your best. Right. Which is the top tier. Um, I don't think that. Ridiculous. But yes, I just I thought, again, this is like a spectrum of things and it doesn't necessarily mean like we are all these things at one time. It's just kind of like. Okay, I can see a little bit of me in the top three. I I do see a little bit of me in the top three. And it's even funny that, like, again, the vulnerability portion of it is where I am already working on, too. So I'm telling you. And that was very helpful for you, I'm sure, that you're going in the right direction. Yeah, it kind of, like, lets you know, hey, you know what? You're not doing too bad. And, again... My whole thing with life is that it is a journey. So you don't, the same way babies don't know how to do absolutely anything, but like make you love them. 
that you know you just kind of learn things as you go along and you chew out the fat and you spit out the bone and what i liked about it it kind of showed me where i was and where i am and that there is growth yeah and that's important yeah and sometimes if you don't do things like this you don't see it Mm-hmm. because just because somebody says you know gail you're so different from the gail i met well what do you mean by that <laughs> That's a slippery slope kind of, you know, mm-hmm. statement. It, it, it could go either way. But this, if you take a test like this, it kind of shows you. And, and if you really, and I'm going to sit and read it now that I see that there's a lot of information here. And see if there's some things I can, you know, help myself with. Yeah, I thought it was very insightful. Like, I didn't, when I, it's funny because the person who told me about it, they were like, the person who had it was upset about their results. Like, they were oh. like, this isn't me. And as we were talking about it, they were like, but this person doesn't have that much self-awareness. So these are things that you do. You just don't realize you do them. Exactly. I'd rather know that I do them and realize it than say I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So now I, that whole thing, though, about what was that? That, um, oh, that word that I was like, oh my God, now people know. Don't forget that I, I'm not always on point. I kind of, you scattered. know. Yes, like now. As you're looking for, um. <laughs> I'm scattered. And, and I think that's an older trait too that I've developed. Because I'm all, and part of that is being all over the place. Trying to do multiple things. And at mm-hmm. some point you have to realize you can't do everything. Just kind of throttle back and and understand you're not going to do everything. You're not going to take in everything. You're not going to go everywhere. Yeah. So focus, people. Yes, that helps. Um. So I think we're good. I just thought this was a good kind of deviation. You guys got to know things that might not be so great about us compared to the test. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. Um. But I will cuss you out if you do something I don't like um (laughs) and apparently I'll just help you build the world if you let me see see how nice I am spectrums (laughs) but I do like it and I and I and put it on the website oh I'll put it on the website the test isn't free I will go out and say that it's um twelve dollars but, now the one I did with Leslie was free, but you and said that's probably only got like one, one answer. Yeah, you only got the one answer. So hey, depending on. I'm type four baby girl. What's that? I, the individualist. The independent individualist. Yeah. No. So that you can get a free one, but you only get one result. <laughs> so American of you. Well, and see how how much you want to know. So take the free, find the free one. What were you gonna say, Lena? <laughs> Well, you'll work on that as you get older. You have a therapist as well. You're so helpful, Ma. I'm just saying, all of us are you working know, on ourselves. You, you know, you hear how helpful she is? Huh? Yeah. What? Because I said you can work on that? <coughs> all right. So we're at the point. We know that Alina right now 
is an individualist. So American of her. What do you mean? She says that like she was born in a foreign country and, and lived 20 years there and then just <laughs> dropped off here. I'd let her go with it. <laughs> so we are at our point where the American is going to give us her self-care tip. Get a dog that loves you and not other people and ditches you at every moment. All right, that was a wonderful <laughs> self-care tip. No, no Pick your dogs mine. wisely. <laughs> no, I think my last self-care tip was about organizing your room, you know. Uh-huh. So to build on that, just don't organize your room. What I think is also part of your mental health that I think we, we forget is that organize what's going into you. Mm -hmm. Organize to like the programs you watch, the things that you read, and don't stress yourself out. Don't have a, I know at the beginning of the year, and we're still quite early in the year, people have a list of books that they're going to read. And at the end of the year, they haven't read half of them. Don't, don't make the list. Let it come to you. People will suggest books. Read the front and back covers before you make a decision to read a book. Just, we put so much on us every day that it's, it's, I'm not surprised that more people aren't blowing their brains out at the end of the month sometimes. I don't think we're going to have to bleep that out. Oh, <laughs> it's not a good thing to say. No. I'm not surprised that more people are not more stressed. Oh, okay. Because we do put too much on ourselves. Be kinder to yourself. Not as Berlin, you say, speak nice to yourself. Mm -hmm. Just don't speak nice to yourself. Do nice things Kindly. for yourself. Mm -hmm. don't, don't put so much pressure to have this done at this time, that done at this time. If it's not done, it's okay. But get a room. If it's your, for me, I've developed in a bedroom. If it's a bedroom, a den, patio, some place where you go and decompress mm -hmm. and have little things there that you like. I, you know, it could be a little stuffed animal. I don't care if you're 90. If you like that little stuffed animal and you just feel comfortable holding it, hold that stuffed animal. Enjoy that private moment of yourself. Because I, I have a friend of mine that has a ratty little dog, stuffed dog that they've had since I don't know when. And if you have a vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> that too. But I mean, just, you got to do this. Hold on to that, baby. It's just not, you really, you just have to do that. I, you know, all the other things of drinking this, drinking so many gallons of water a day, eating right. That's all wonderful and you should do. And moving, keep moving. But you need a place where you can go and, and you walk right in and you just feel your whole body relax. Mm -hmm. Please find that. Please, wherever. And maybe it's not in your home. Maybe it's at the beach or some people do it. You know, they want to go to a library or someplace. Find that place. That's my health tip. Find some place where you can go and just, whew. I think that's a good one. And even if it's within yourself. Yes. Even if it's within yourself, you know, if you're, again, it's still a home. 
Yes, it is. Sometimes it's holding a stuffed animal, a blanket, <laughs> something. Yeah. Do do find it and, and keep it and make sure you do it on a regular basis. Don't wait till you're so stressed that you want to, you know, smack something, you know, or spit. As my grandmother would say, I'm so mad I could spit. Before you get to that spitting moment, <laughs> go to that spot, that place, and just have, take a, what is it that he used to say, woosah? Yeah. Take that woosah moment. It's, I can't tell you, I'm so delighted with my bedroom. Every time I walk into it, I go, I wake up in the morning and look around and think, ah. Oh. There you go. So yes, that's my health tip. Get up. Ah. <laughs> All Are you right. laughing at me? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, this was a longer episode, but I think that's because we went through all of the... That was... This was good, though. I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was interesting, and I didn't want to just talk about it with myself because it's insightful. And the, the one that, that... I think she did the same one I did with Leslie. It only gave you one back. And it yeah. was so funny because <laughs> Leslie read mine. She goes, you're not really an eight. <laughs> She said, I see you as an eight. Oh. All right. So, as always, oh, we're not done. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Scattered. I am living up to that scattered thing. Dear Jesus. <laughs> as always, thank you all for listening, tuning in with us. Learning much more good, bad, ugly, and the best places that we could be this week. Talk about vulnerable. Like, you're like, at your worst, I am a bitch. Oh. <laughs> I'm whiny. The clingy. Ooh, don't run, men. I've changed. <laughs> so funny. But if you've gotten this far, you know much more about us um, than we probably knew about ourselves. There you go. Or, um, or want to know. But anywho, we're going to close out. And with that, be safe. Be well. Be easy, my kneesies. And be blessed. Be easy. Alina's here. I don't know if y'all heard that, but she said... There you okay. go. Have a great one. Bye. Bye.